Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-sode where we dig into the things that we've been um – I don't know what to say here. Like I watching because we also talk about reading, but I say consuming, but I also start to feel like like we're the blob and we're just consuming everything in our, our path. Um Enjoy enjoying? Enjoying. Um if there's a different word that we should use here, let us know. Let us know. Yeah. Uh, I'm Terry. I'm Mary Beth. This week we're talking about 2000 slashers, giallo, rare found footage, and a 1980s Mexican Nightmare on Elm Street ripoffs. So that's pretty cool. That's um, wild. Just at the top, uh, we want to make sure everyone is staying safe and is doing relatively okay. We considered not doing an episode today, but we figured it might be a nice little like reprieve, a short reprieve for everyone. It's definitely been a nice distraction for us to record, so... Please, everyone, yeah. stay safe. Um, take care of yourselves as much as possible. Uh, fuck Nazis. Fuck white supremacists. Um, fuck Trump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, it's it's. <laughs> we were talking before we started recording where it's like we sure picked the day to be doing recording this because we are literally recording this when shit is ha- popping off in D.C. And Mary Beth is, of course, safe. Um, yeah, I live for those who don't know. I live in D.C. basically. And uh Got to see some Proud Boys walking to 7-Eleven today. Fuck's sake. So, but I, like Sarah said, I'm safe. Um, I'm very lucky to not be super close to it. And so, you know. And if you were living anywhere in this area, um, we hope you're staying safe and staying secure because yes. uh, it's, 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 it's quite it's what we need. <laughs> I don't I don't even know what I to know, say. It just it's, news is happening so quickly and I don't know, maybe you guys could use the distraction cuz we certainly could for recording. So, uh yeah. yeah. 
Stay and safe. And if anyone in the DC DMV area needs to talk or reach out or needs any anything, let me know. My DMs are open, so let me know. On that note, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, Terry, what have you been watching this week? Oh, what have I been watching? Well, I I just want to mention this very briefly because when this episode airs, um, the reviews are well, the embargo on the reviews for Search Party are over. Um, and I am six episodes into it. Uh, it, I think, I think this might be the final season. Um, but if you have HBO max, I really would recommend giving this show a chance. It is really good. And while this season is a lot different than the previous seasons, um, I'm actually really enjoying it. And I, I think that I wish more people were watching it. Cool. I know you. I keep seeing it on HBO Max, and you keep talking about it. So I'm gonna have to start watching. It's it, just it's so good. This season is a bit more dark. Like each season, kind of tackles um, a genre trope in a different way. Like the first season is almost like a a noir amateur private detective movie. The second season kind of becomes a paranoid thriller. The third season is sort of like a courtroom drama, and this one has gone full Ooh. psychological horror. Oh, but it all ties in with like very 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 witty and sharp humor so it's like this weird mix of like comedy and genre that has changed every season and this season might have handed a little bit too dark uh for the show but it's it's something that i think more people should be walk talking about and alia shawkat's uh performance oh, as the main geez. character is just uh, I'm, I, this is like, I think she should be getting Emmys for her last two seasons. Like this is just, Heck yeah. her performance is fantastic. So I don't want to dwell on that because that's not what I wanted to talk about today, but I just want to throw that out there. Search party, right? Search yep. Party? Search party. And it is okay. premiering on the 14th on my birthday, 14th or 15th, either my birthday or the day after. I can't remember which, but I think it's the 14th next week. Cool. You'll be able to watch it. And the first three seasons are currently streaming on HBO max. So do with that as you will. Uh, but what I <laughs> what I watched this week is this <laughs> this movie. So I, I'm trying to go through. I'm trying to start going back through my backlog of movies that I've been getting because I've signed up for another year of Vinegar Syndrome and they're just <laughs> piling up. So <laughs> this movie is called Don't Panic. Okay. Um, it is it is a Mexican. Um filmed slasher from 1988 that is it's in english it was filmed in english but it's a mexican director uh ruben galindo jr um it has a partially mexican cast and partially um white cast um american okay. cast i believe and it is uh <laughs> it's it's kind of wild it's about okay. this kid named michael um who on his 17th birthday is given a ouija board and his friends and him like break into his house after his mom goes to sleep and like pull out this Ouija board where they, they present it to him with candles like a birthday cake. But the candles are sitting in Coke cans, which I didn't quite get. And they use the board to contact some being called Virgil. Then all of a sudden, Michael starts having these uh, dreams, I, I guess. Of like where he's seeing a killer kill off his friends, 
So there's like a little bit of a Nightmare on Elm Street like homage in here uh, or a ripoff okay. if you want to like go a little <laughs> harsher. <laughs> um, like there's a scene in class where he's like in class and he's fallen asleep and his friend is sitting in the desk next to him just like bleeding out of her body. And it's like it kind of reminds me of like the, the Tina scene in the first. Yeah, Nightmare I was going to say. So but like his eyes turn bright red when he is witnessing these these acts and he like can't see out of his eyes because he's actually seeing out of the eyes of the killer i guess and so like the cops start to think that he's doing it and so it goes in that direction but it is it's a wild movie and i the reason why i wanted to start it is that this director has three vinegar syndrome movies oh. um and i own all three so i was like oh i'm gonna make this a, tri- a trilogy and watch all three of them so yeah this is um this was this was quite a movie from 1988, uh, huh. and it is it's on from Vinegar Syndrome. Um, it's not necessarily great, but I did have a good time watching it. Uh, okay, it's it's kind of it's kind of wild, and it's Don't Panic. Yes, it's called Don't Panic. I think cool. I think the original title was um, Dimensiones Occultas. Is the, is like oh. the Mexican title, but I, I I'm not I, I'm really kind of confused about where this movie was I mean, because it was filmed in mexico city it's it's a mexican production but i think it was made for u.s audiences oh it probably was trying to be like more marketable to like hollywood-esque yeah it kind of feels like the way that italian horror would you know hire Uh, yeah um so yeah so that that is don't panic and it's 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 a trip um (laughs) okay all right. I feel like most vinegar syndrome releases are can be yeah. can, can be defined as a trip. <laughs> a trip. <laughs> so I think next week I'm going to watch another one of his movies because, uh, cool. like I said, he's done. He, he has three that are out for vinegar syndrome. There's this one. There is um, cemeteries of terror. Ooh. And there is grave robbers. All so right. A little bit of a theme there. <laughs> huh. Cool. Uh, but that's what I've been watching. Um, but we both have been watching Wrong Turn. <laughs> We've been taking our misadventures in Wrong Turndom. And this week we watched the straight to video sequel, Wrong Turn 2, Dead End. And Mary Beth, what did you think about this movie? I hated it. I'm sorry. Like I'm gonna straight up say it. Cause you and it was funny because you were like, it's like everyone loves the second loves the second one. Right? Yeah. Is that what you told me? Yeah. It's um, it's like okay. the one that everyone seems to like. It, there's there's like a million poop jokes. Yeah. Like, I don't shit mean ghost. to be a prudy pants, but like shit. Go- he farts and calls it a shit ghost. I mean, like, look, I can stand a poop joke or two, but this was like <laughs> a lot of shit jokes, like so many. Why? I, I and like I just didn't. <sighs> the kills were cool. There were some very cool kills, but I think it was like very raunchy yeah in a, a way that wasn't funny yeah <laughs> what did I, you I, think Terry? <laughs> i don't i do not disagree with that one bit in fact especially with the raunchy part because when i had tweeted that i was watching this movie alex wiggins um 
replied to me and said that his favorite part is Crystal Lowe's character blowing the director of a low budget mini game show with hopes of it opening doors <laughs> slash she was bored and wanted to get her rocks off. Like <laughs> that is what <laughs> that is what we're going into with this movie. But the best part of that scene was I had subtitles on. <laughs> and it said squ- it was like something like squelching noises like while she was sucking his dick it was oh, like good the Lord. worst description i was like okay <laughs> all right well i also think this movie gets credit because it was directed it's directed by joe lynch and mm-hmm. a lot of people like him um i really like mayhem okay i haven't seen mayhem but i want to see mayhem i feel bad like i shouldn't say hated it but i really did not like it i felt like I don't know, just kind of meh about it. I it's it. I loved, like you said, I loved the gore. There's some really good gore gags. There's some um, really good gore. I really liked the fact that Kimberly Caldwell is in this is like the sort of opening kill. Yeah, like she's like the famous person that that they cast for this to like get killed, like Drew Barrymore style, and she gets like split down the middle and i did i did laugh when the the two uh cannibals start dragging each half of her body down the street i know i was like okay this is kind of funny like i was laughing at that part it's definitely funnier than the first one like it's definitely meant to be like more of a horror comedy right at least that's how i read it no i i completely agree i just i think a lot of the characters are really insufferable they are. They're awful. They're just like so shallow e to me and like not very well acted. No, and that was my that was one of the notes I took was that I get that like it thinks it was making a smart choice by like killing off the person you think is going to be the the final girl um cuz I honestly thought that the yes, the poor director's girlfriend was going to be well, probably at that point, ex-girlfriend was going to be uh, the final girl because she's filled up that way and then she gets killed. But they left the really bad actress as the final girl. Well, also, like, they did nothing to, like, she, she they make you, like, hate her, basically. Like, because she's so grumpy and nasty. And, like, I feel like there's, like, some redeeming moments, but they didn't really do a good job of being like, oh, cool, I'm excited she's the final girl. It's like, ew, really? Her? I don't no. know. It's and just then like, when when it veers ugh. into the the veers hard into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes at the end, is like she does not have the acting chops to carry this. No. <laughs> but I one thing that two things did uh, stick out at me, Mary Beth. Um, the first one is that Barry McCreary did the music. Oh. Which <laughs> he's come okay. quite a long way from he scoring. Has come this Quite film to doing like uh walking dead godzilla godzilla like 10 cloverfield lane oh he also did the music to battlestar galactica back in the day good for him so like yeah but it was it was weird seeing him as the composer of that and then the other thing the one question i wanted to ask you is do you ever remember printing out maps from MapQuest? yeah because that was the first thing I noticed. Kimberly Caldwell is driving and she has a map that her agent, who is voiced by Pat- Patton Oswalt. Oh, I thought that was Patton Oswalt. I meant to look that up, but it yeah. sounded just like him. Okay. Yeah, I did look it up because I was like, that has to be Patton. <laughs> and she is holding out a, a printed out map from MapQuest. I was like, oh, my God. I remember those days. <laughs> oh, I do, too. That's actually, you know, it's really funny. Um, 
Steve's dad still does, still prints out directions for oh, the no. West in the year 2021. My, <laughs> my parents still use an atlas. They have an atlas in their car. Oh my god. They have- <laughs> and they read it. They pull it out on trips. Yeah. <laughs> so they did. They 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 never even went to the printing out MapQuest stage. They've just wow, always had just, an atlas. And wow. I remember going on a long uh, trip when we were. I think it was in 2018 when we were going to Telluride, and they're like handed me their atlas to have. And I was like, <laughs> "You're like, oh, how do I read this? <laughs> this is this is so sweet. You think that I know how to read this? <laughs> oh, MapQuest." Yeah. Wow. That memories. was my that was like my biggest takeaway from this movie. It's like, oh, you can tell this was the early aughts. Because there was MapQuest. I mean, yeah, wasn't a big fan. Glad I watched like it's fun. Like, I sound like I'm being a Debbie Downer, but like there's some really there's some cool parts to it. The gore is worth it. Um Yeah, I really I actually really liked the gore. Yeah, I was And really I liked Henry Rollins. I love Henry Rollins. He's just like constantly up to eleven. He He's really like, is screaming. <laughs> I would have watched a movie about him all by himself. <laughs> I know. I wanted to know. I wanted to follow his character more than than yeah. any of the other ones, honestly. Yeah. But I have. I'm afraid to tell you that I think it's only going to go down from here. So. Oh, I know. I looked. Well, I was looking up like rankings of the Wrong Turn series. I was curious, <laughs> and it seems like five is the worst one across the board. Okay. I think people like four because it's it's in the snow. Yeah, and then I know the sixth one people really like. Okay. Or I've heard people like. I don't, at this point, I heard people like Wrong Turn too. So like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm still excited to watch them. Like, I've had fun watching them. So it's yeah. not like a waste of my time. It's fun to watch. And like I said, it's kind of nice. I'm glad to be going through um, like 2000 slashers and just seeing like how different they are. And <laughs> speaking of different... um <laughs> So before we do talk about this next movie, I wanted to ask you a question, Mary Beth. Um, did okay. you know that they actually found an 11th commandment? Um, mm-hmm. And it's weird because the commandment isn't written in like old language, but it, it did say don't torture a duckling. So. <laughs> that was very good. Don't torture a die. It sounded better in my head when I was thinking about this this joke, but I love it so much. Yes, I'll remember that. I won't torture any duckling. Yeah, it is. It is the eleventh, the unofficial eleventh commandment. So um, cool. So this movie, (sighs) yeah. Um, So for those of you who haven't seen "Don't Torture a Duckling," um, it's the synopsis is like again makes no sense to me. A reporter and a young woman investigate a series of child murders in a remote Italian town. Mm. I like this other one from IMDb that says a reporter and a promiscuous young woman. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. But also, like, the reporter and the promiscuous young woman don't get together to, like, do the, the, the investigation until, like, three quarters of the way into the movie. Yeah. So this is this is something that I actually really like about this movie because especially coming from the movies that we've watched so far and that are that are in the the giallo um subgenre is that this almost seems like the kind of anti giallo because it's it's set in a a rural setting mm-hmm. um there is an investigation but like it's more of a it's more of a 
a chamber piece. Like there's, it's more like we, yeah. we have all these different characters that we learn about through this murder mystery. Yeah. And then it's again about kids as, and instead of um, murdering young men, male kids, instead of like uh, women, um, which seems to be like the, the typical giallo fascination. Yeah, it's like not as like, it's not as like the murders aren't as graphic. Like it's, they still show kids dying, which is pretty intense, but it's not yeah. like these, phallic stabbings right it's just like very upsetting close-up murders of children (laughs) yeah uh yeah um (laughs) and i i guess let's let's just throw a spoiler warning up front because i think yeah what makes this movie interesting to talk about are things that are going to ruin it so if you haven't watched it yet maybe skip ahead if you're if you care about spoilers um it's on it's on shutter yeah, and I'll put time codes in the um, show notes so you guys can know when to skip ahead. So let's talk about the graveyard scene. <laughs> what the? F- <sighs> Fulci said, "Here I am." Yeah, I, with the I, graveyard scene. So there's like there's a woman who is into a witch. Is she considered a witch? Yeah, I, I believe she is. Although okay. I will maintain that I think that like I, I think that this this movie is is drawing is is tackling the idea of of otherness, um, yeah, and superstitions around people that are other. I think she probably um, probably has a mental illness. Um, I think is mm-hmm. kind of what I kind of gathered from her. Yeah, but so she takes these three voodoo dolls and like puts pins in them. And she says, Oh yeah, I'm the killer because I put these pins in the voodoo dolls and the cops are like, Oh no, you're not. But townspeople who are ultra superstitious and ultra, like Terry said, not appreciative or kind to the other. Um, a couple of men trap her in a graveyard and just start whipping her with chains. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's the most, uh, it's the most like violent, uh, like on screen violence in this movie is that is in the scene. Like most of the other stuff, I, I, except for like maybe the last death, the last death, I think is I actually kind of think is funny. Um, I know it's unintentionally I funny, too. but felt bad. But this this moment is like the one like very vicious and upsetting moment of the film, uh, and it goes on for a long time. It does, and it's. <sighs> like Fulci, we you know Fulci loves gore, and so there's a lot of close-ups of like watching her skin break open. Yeah, which is impressive and also terrifying because like the, the effects are super impressive, but like you see her skin rip open. Like yeah, close up. There is no like cutting away. Like Fulci wants you to look at what this woman is going through. Yeah, and I think he wants to like expose the 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 violence inherent in this town because like yeah, I think I think it's telling that you know she escapes the graveyard and then she dies on the road where everyone is just callously driving by her, but she dies holding onto a rock that is very similar to it might be the same place the rock where at the very beginning of this movie one of the young boys who ultimately ends up getting killed just like callously shoots a lizard with with his slingshot so like yeah there is violence in this town there is there is this sense of anger and malice towards thing towards things that like a lizard that it cannot really protect itself and that seems to be a theme that is really driven home in this in this sequence so like 
Yeah. I mean, there, there's a- absolutely like a, uh, a conversation that can be had because it is, uh, you know, violence on a, on a woman's body. And it's the one time in this movie that it's very in your face with that. But I do think it kind of ties into the theme a lot more than a typical Giallo would. Yeah, I agree. I feel like this, I mean, it's sensationalized, but it's not like a woman with her tits out getting stabbed in between her tits. You know what I right. mean? Like, it's violent. It's not yeah. titillating. No. Because I feel like this is probably one of the most brutal things we've seen in a Giallo so far. At least I would say so, if, if my yeah. memory serves. It's like, one of the most brutal death scenes that goes on for so long. Well, and it, I think that it's... It's also brutal. It's also brutal because it's not over the top. Like we, I mean, you, you've seen like a little bit more gory things. Like I'm thinking about in Tenebrae, where the woman's arm gets cut off and she just sprays yeah. the wall with her blood. But this isn't <laughs> over the top at all. It's it's, it's just it's very it's cruel. Yeah, it's cruel, especially because you see her crawling up the hill and no one's helping her. The other thing I actually thought was really cool about this scene was how they use diegetic music and the guy the guy opens up his car and starts playing music and then it changes yeah. to a very somber mu- song when she's like crawling away which is it's a it was a really cool use of music cues i think yeah i agree in a very hard like a harrowing moment but jesus christ <laughs> and then i mean you we kind of talked about this a little bit offline but then fulci turns the attention on the catholic church and kind of shows the hypocrisy in that institution. Um, yes. <laughs> and it's in fact the reason that this movie did not play in um in Europe for a bit. I believe that mm. what I what I was reading at one point uh yeah, the controversial storyline which criticized the Catholic Church. The movie was blacklisted and received a limited theatrical run throughout Europe and was never released in theaters in the United States. Shocking how much influence the Catholic Church seems to have over things. Yeah. He was also apparently arrested on, and this is another scene I want to talk about, on child endangerment grounds because of what scene would you think you'd be arrested for child endangerment scenes, uh, Mary Beth? Would it be um the fully nude Patricia? Patricia? Yeah, I was I was trying to think of violence, but um yeah, the the scene where she's laying naked and dumps orange juice down her tits and then is like, <laughs> Do you want me? And it's like, what are you doing? This child is this is a child. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Turns out I I mean he didn't they were they were all filmed separately, so he wasn't he wasn't like actually filming a child watching in a naked woman because that would be uh, definitely grounds for a child endangerment. Um, exposing yourself well, to a glad, minor. I'm glad, but Jesus, I, we still had but, to watch it. Like, no, it, it was, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very weird scene. Um, I'm not quite sure what the intent of it was because. I don't think it's necessarily needed to portray her as this sort of because like the, the, all the suspects are like people that are outside of society. You know, you have this woman that is sexually liberated. You have um, a man who is mentally handicapped that the people want to throw blame on. And then you have this witch. So like all three of the, the suspects are out what are deemed the other. And so but I don't think you need that like show that she is sexually promiscuous yeah it was like it was almost like they were trying to make her like a pervert like not just like promiscuous but like sexually perverted but then like 
it doesn't make sense because it's like I feel like with the two other of like others, they very they go like they're very much dedicated to being like these people are not good. But with her, there's a redemption not a redemption arc, but kind of like she's all of a sudden a good guy helping with the investigation. It was very weird. I don't yeah. know if they just wanted to have her tits out. <laughs> um, I, I feel like they not, could have done a different it, way to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. I mean, I, I mean, she's I also beautiful. Like Don't get me wrong. She is. She's gorgeous. It's just, it just was a very weird, uncomfortable moment. And maybe that was the point. But boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, bizarre. Um, yeah. Good movie, though. I think. <laughs> yeah, I like. The more I sat on it, the more I enjoyed it. I was like, this is so strange. So it's so <laughs> different from a lot of the other Giallos we've watched. It's oh, absolutely. Very different tone, but it's very, it's really good and upsetting. Yeah. It's pretty disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so other than that, what else have you been watching, Mary Beth? I'm curious about this rare found footage film. <laughs> <laughs> Come on a journey with me. Um, <laughs> Is this the one that so, you spent like an hour trying to find yes. subtitles for? <laughs> yes, it is. So, okay, this is The Black Door from 2001. It is a found footage movie directed by Kit Wong. It is a found footage movie directed by a woman, which is kind of hard to find. Oh. So it's very exciting. Basically, a camera crew is called by a woman named Meg to investigate a strange course of events that put her boyfriend, Stephen, in the hospital. Mm. He is covered in these like, ridiculously large scratches, and they don't know what it is. And so it's... And Stephen was making a docu a documentary about um, basically a cult, and so this is about like what happened when he got too close to the cult. It's is it got good? some. I like. Okay, I'm trying to think of how to say this. Yeah, there are a lot of good parts. The okay. There's some weird tonal stuff, like in terms of switching, but for the most part, it's very enjoyable. So this is a very hard movie to find. I found this movie on the internet. Yeah, in my own way, yeah. and the movie. The movie, I believe, was made in English, but the only version you can find online is with the Spanish dub. Really? I don't... Like, and that's, like, consensus across the board for anyone who's seen it. It's the dub. Um, Spanish dub. So it's very strange. There's, like, no DVD. I can't find the director anywhere. It was her only movie she directed. <sighs> and so I had... To, I was like, well, I really want to watch this. And I don't understand Spanish well enough to watch the whole movie without subtitles. Right. So... I went digging for the SRT files, oh which I eventually found. <laughs> and the translation was not the best, but I speak, I, I know Spanish well enough to kind of fill in the, the blanks. And also like I got the standard, like the kind of got the gist of it. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if you guys were, if you guys didn't understand my dedication, to I know footage, I'm like, now, you know, like I went searching that is dedicated. Although, now that you mention it, I think that might have been the same way that I saw, like, some... I don't remember which Spanish horror movie, but I had to go, like, digging for subtitle files. And that I've is done, an I've experience. I've done it before. Where, like, it's, it's interesting. It's not as hard as you think, but it's weird. I had to do it, I've had to do it a couple times for, like, Korean and Japanese movies. Mm -hmm. um, but so this movie is... It's a, it's um it's a pseudo documentary format so think like like Mungo think the Poughkeepsie tapes mm -hmm. um 
there's a so there's a couple it's it's got it's weird it ends really abruptly and it's a little bit bizarre but there's a really really good sequence near the beginning that's filmed in eight millimeter of um mm. a, sac- a sacrificial cult um ritual which is very good and then there's a sequence um in the middle where steven we get to see his like journey through a house before he gets attacked hmm. um so there's some really, really good components. I think there's a little bit of a stumbling block, like putting, stitching it all together, but I'm really glad I found it. Like this is, def- but it's, it's from 2001. So it's very early. Right. And it's a really awesome look at kind of early pseudo documentaries okay. because there aren't a ton of them. Their last broadcast is one of them, which I think came before, uh, Blair Witch, but this is a really cool experiment with that form and, I think really well done. I wish it was easier to find and I wish I could find the director, Kit Wong, if anyone knows her, hit me up. But I really enjoyed Please. it. So, and I think I just I saw it on some random found footage group as most of my discoveries are. But yeah, it's kind of fun to find movies like this. They have to kind of dig for cuz it was found footage especially. It was looking for a snuff film. Yeah. Which like isn't it? It's like it's creepy, but it's kind of fun and when you get it, you feel very like, "Oh, I did it." And then you get to watch it and you're like, ooh, is this something that not a lot of people have seen? It's kind of a cool feeling. It's not my favorite way to watch movies, but this was Sometimes fun. you got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. And I wouldn't give up. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> so, but that's what I watched besides everything else talked about. Um, okay. So that about does it for this week's mini-sode. But before we wrap up, Terry, who are we talking to on Monday? We are talking to, uh, speaking of, um, found footage uh, richard waters the director of the found footage film in a stranger's house and we're talking to him about poltergeist 3 you can't see me dancing but it was such a good conversation and he's really awesome and uh in a stranger's house is streaming on prime if you want to check it out it's really good it's pretty short just him and a camera yeah i dug it so did i um, and so on top of that, uh, Mary Beth, as well as continuing our misadventures at this point in wrong turn, what else are we talking about next week in Little Cuts? <sighs> okay. Hmm. I have it in front of me right? so I don't get it wrong. Because <laughs> I forget every time I look away from it. Your vice is a locked room <laughs> and only I have the key. I was like, vice room keys? when I. <laughs> <laughs> um but your vice is a locked room and only i have the key i've heard really good things about this one it's on prime i believe right yeah it's not on shutter this one is on prime prime at least in the u.s yeah so this will be another exciting watch i think it might also be the longest title that we've (laughs) seen yeah it's like it's like a panning at the disco or a fallout boy (laughs) lyric it's like okay hold on but so i'm excited I've heard really good things. So, but everybody, uh, we you've heard from us, but we want to hear from you. Did you watch a film that we watched this week and have some thoughts? Do you have suggestions for movies we should talk about? Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm a Gailey Dreadful. And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. Thank you to Steve Barnold for our artwork. Oh, actually, thank you to Eric Power for yeah, our artwork. for both of them now. Oh, um, my, for both of them. Yeah. Um, if you haven't <laughs> seen it, go to our Twitter and look at the amazing... Yeah, we uh, sort of still released it. ...video that 
Eric Power made for us. Eric Power, director of Attack of the Demons. Um, he made us the most amazing like intro video of it's all so time. So fucking good. So, it's so good. Anyway, thank you, Eric Power. Uh, thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening. Please, please, please stay safe out there, both like physically, emotionally, mentally, uh, but most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>